So I remember asking my dad when I first started hunting albums at record stores, what's your favorite band? And before I could even finish asking, the answer was already out of his mouth. Van Halen, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and silly, but logical me goes, yeah, but they're like everyone's favorite band. And again, before I could even finish, Pop goes, yeah, but you weren't there. I was there. I was there in Pasadena. I was there at the whiskey. I was there before you were a glint in my eye, son. Which, I mean, ouch. <laughs> I mean, lesson learned. Never question a fan's authenticity, uh, especially the real ones. You know, before Eddie became a guitar god and Van Halen became synonymous with all things cool and Camaro and cocky, they were called Mammoth. The, the Van Halen brothers, Alex and Eddie, bassist Michael Anthony and frontman David Lee Roth owned Pasadena and the Sunset Strip before future world domination. Those fortunate enough to go on the ride from beginning to end grew up with the band, partied hard in the 80s, sobered up in the 90s, and dad rocked it until the bitter end with Eddie's death. Van Halen was one of Taylor Hawkins' favorite bands, so I don't think he mind me using them as an analogy. You know, before the Foo Fighters became the 15-time Grammy Award-winning Rock and Roll Hall of Fame-inducted, festival-headlining, world-conquering, all-caps Foo Fighters, uh, they became my band, my favorite band, July 6, 1995, uh, when my friends stayed the night over, gave me the first disc and said I don't like these guys because they don't sound like Nirvana enough nine albums and countless concerts later the band and I had settled in a great relationship together this was the band of my lifetime I will grow old watching these dad rockers have grandkids and so on and so forth <sighs> on March 25th I received a text multiple texts from multiple people asking what had happened. If I had any inside info on what had happened to the cause of Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins' death. Uh, I've made it a point to my friends that I'm the biggest Foo Fighters fan that they know, so it's no surprise that the news hit me like a death in the family. Uh, writing this whole thing seems crazy, but again, I also have to stress you weren't there. Other obituaries will highlight his impeccable career, as they should. Uh, I want you to know, though, first and foremost, that Taylor Hawkins was a fan of music, of performing, sadly, of excess. Uh, Dave Grohl is the principal songwriter and frontman for Foo Fighters, but some of the best Bands, traits, the things that we know are like definitive Foo Fighters signatures, they come from Taylor Hawkins. They love to play live and loud and a lot. If you are a resident of the greater San Fernando, God bless you, and a fan of the band, you could probably catch them under one of their pseudonyms White Limo, the Holy Shits, um, my favorite, Chevy Metal. Uh, you could almost catch them monthly at Route 66 in Northridge or Paladino's in Reseda. 
Every time Foo Fighters were about to go on a years-long world tour, they'd say goodbye to home by playing a string of shows at the Canyon in Agura. Hawkins lived in Topanga. It was a home show for him. You probably bumped into him as he was buying a pack of cigarettes at the general store. I remember getting in line at 3 in the morning <laughs> to only find out tickets were sold out at 5 in the morning. And we still stayed with hopes of trying to get into that show. I've seen the band enough times that I can see the marked difference between a pre-Taylor and an after-Taylor live performance. First of all, they sounded great. They weren't one of those bands that didn't live up to their studio work. Looking at you, Blink-182. So he said, we started coming up with jams and freeforms and expansions of the song on stage and really just working out a show. This is Taylor Hawkins. Uh, he said, not something like, you know, with dancers and, and bells and whistles, but we needed to develop a set so our shows were impressive. And that's the only thing you can think of when you watch them headlining Wembley Stadium. It's, it's these sing-alongs that have come to define them live. Uh, between My Hero, Learn to Fly, Best of You, Monkey Wrench. I mean, you are guaranteed to not have a voice the next day if you went to the show properly. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw them last at what would be Taylor's and potentially, hopefully not, the band's final Los Angeles performance. Um, however, it was a series of firsts. Not only was it the first time seeing the Foo Fighters live from my best friend Michael Hyman, our beloved co-host, but... Uh, but it was his first time seeing the legendary uh, Foo Fighters at the Los Angeles Forum, which is another part of rock history. More importantly, in all of our years of friendship, it was our first concert together. And it's a vow we've made to keep going to shows and live events together. So I have a new concert buddy. The house lights go down. Stage lights come up. What happened next is true catharsis. A single organ note is played by pianist Rami Jahi. And they're beginning to go into their life-affirming single, Times Like These. And I can't 100% describe that organ note, but it sounded like church in all the best ways. I I'm a one-way motorway I'm a Drives away Follows you back home I I'm a street like Chanel I'm a white light blind and bright Burning on Like a church choir, everyone sings. It's times like these you learn to live again. It's times like these you learn to live again. It's times like these. And even a frontman as seasoned as Dave Grohl can barely hold on with his voice cracking. You know, it's times like these you give and give again. It's times like 
And there's some context for that. You had to, again, <laughs> you had to be there. There, This was the eye of the storm before COVID-19 and, uh, Omic- and its Omicron variant would show up again. And before things got worse, you know, it's times like these you learn to love again. You know, I've gone to hundreds of shows and this was easily the most communal moment I've ever had uh, at one. Uh, I'm crying. Michael's crying. Uh, the punk rocker with the Liberty Spikes and the Doc Martens, he's crying. Uh, the rocker dad with his kid on his shoulders, you know, with the with the earpieces in his ear, he's crying. It's times like these time and time again. And always just with the perfect chiming, metronome-like, one would say, Hawkins kicks in with the drums and the band delivers a career-defining set in what would sadly be their last Los Angeles show for them. Sheer power, physicality, unparalleled drum technique. Yeah, sure. But the ability that Taylor Hawkins had to bring people together will forever be missed. No, we're not friends per se, but him being a world-class drummer and I a a humble columnist for a local newspaper, how could we be? But we were aware of each other in some small ratio, me having the higher ratio, him with the lower. Um, I got fired from a job for leaving early to sneak into a Foo Fighter show at Paladino's, as I mentioned earlier, a heavy metal bar in the heart of Reseda. After they're set and still hanging out, uh, I worked up the nerve to tell him I quit my job to see this show. And without missing a beat, he goes, well, that deserves a drink. And he hollers at the bartender. Uh, I still tell this story whenever I get a chance to. Years later, I spot him at a Steel Panther show at the Rainbow Room in Hollywood. And not that he needed me to buy him a drink, but I told the bartender I got his next round. Bartender does so, and Hawkins looks across the bar, and we make eye contact, and he yells, Paladinos! Thank you. Taylor Hawkins will be loved and missed because he wasn't a rock star. He was a musician. Moreover, he was a fan, and he got it because he was there. And now he's not. Jet, can we start recording now? Yeah, Josh. Let's start.